Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. All right, welcome back to the show. Hopefully you are all hanging in there as this situation just continues to go on and on and on and on and on. Oy, oy, oy. I fear we're going to be in this situation for a long, long time. I just can't imagine things going right back to the way they were, Daniel. Can you imagine seeing that? I, I just, I can't. Uh, no. I mean... Things will adjust. Things will open. Life will get back to normal. This is America. America. We're, we're uh, resilient folks, and we're independent thinkers, so we can only handle so much of a government-enforced shutdown. Not to get political. But I'm like, waiting for. I'm waiting for the um, sort of the super mask. You know, the super mask that uh, you, you just kind of put on, and it not only looks cool, but it like. Blocks out everything, allows you to breathe, maybe sip a Starbucks, but you know, I mean, just like totally like put this on and you're fine. So if you've got a business idea, let us know. <laughs> I'm curious if they ever take down the plexiglass no. at the grocery stores. No, because I mean I'm flu season. I'm surprised it wasn't that. there. Yeah. So I think we're just I don't know. I fear for society we're just gonna be like, ah, don't come around me anymore. Don't touch me, don't be near me. We're just gonna kinda insulate ourselves from one another for a we while. Will. Don't touch That's exactly Which, how it'll hey. be. I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Uh, it'd be good just to hold them down by okay. your side. Yeah, great. It is what it is. But Yes, I concur. I mean, look at TSA, right? 9-11, that changed forever. Yeah, forever. so I think we're on the precipice of, uh, I mean, society is going to change like that. You know, the pre-9-11 days were great. You could just roam around an airport. You can go see relatives off, you know, the jet bridge. Is that what it's called? Whatever. And see when they arrived, and then it totally just airports got to be a nightmare after that so this is going to i mean it'll change society so no we won't get back to normal but i think we'll start getting back to rhythms in life um hopefully soon but i don't know i'm not an epidemiologist epidemiologist, epidemiologist. no but i did stay at a holiday Inn express last night so i don't know you know there there's real concerns and you know it affects people so i mean it's a, it's a health emergency so got to take it seriously but at the same time, I think everybody wants to, you know, live a quote-unquote normal life again. Okay. On to a brighter note. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got a question uh, regarding college education, paying for uh, kids' education. So let's get to that question. I think it's a, a great one. Diana, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey, guys. I have uh, two teenagers, and I have some money allocated on uh, separate accounts for them, one for about 8000 and the other one 7000 my question is, um, is it too late to put this money on a college fund that will um, allow me to generate hopefully more, much more than what it is right now sitting in a savings account? Reason why I did not invest in a college fund before was because I unfortunately um, had to take that money out to pay some of my college education to make better financial decisions. However, I couldn't get back to saving for them. So now that's what um, I have set up. And I was just wondering if you guys would be able to give me some advice on that and whether I should move that money into a 529 uh, and hopefully make some money. I, they each have about one year left before they go to college and the other one has two. Um, or if I just should just leave it the way it is. 
Okay. Uh, thank you, Diana. Great question. So I have some thoughts on this. I have three children. Uh, Daniel has two. Um, I only have one teenager, uh, so I feel half of your That's pain. weird. You have a teenager. I have a teenager, yeah. Dude. And I got to tell you, it is, it, uh, yeah, one of the positives of this whole nonsense. I don't know if it's not. I mean, it's not nonsense. It's My wife scolded me. I said that the other day. I actually had to recut the video for the DIY <laughs> tribe because I said nonsense. And she was like, honey, it's not nonsense. I was like, I totally agree. I mean, I'm more freaked out about this than she is. But anyways, uh, one of the positives of this is I have reconnected with my 13-year-old in a way that probably wouldn't have, definitely wouldn't have transpired. So it's it's really been a positive in that um, situation. But that's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about is Diana's question, paying for college. So Daniel, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm going to approach this uh, with sort of the planning perspective, the planning hat on, and the difficulty whenever it comes to college savings. College savings is is significantly different uh, from a lot of other savings goals, and the reason is is that it's a very intermediate time horizon. And Diana, you kind of talked about this. You know, you started a while back uh, via just using uh, kind of savings accounts or, or savings account kind of rates, sort of uh, something in that range. Um, and that's very different from say, you know, when you're saving for a down payment for a house, that's usually a three to five year goal. When you're saving for retirement, that's like a, you know, 10 to 30 year goal, something of that nature. And then even in retirement, you're kind of gradually withdrawing that, uh, college has a very finite sort of, um, time horizon. It's really intermediate. It's somewhere between five and 15 years, depending on when you're starting, uh, the savings and the inflation rate on college is, just ridiculous. I mean, it's basically the inflation rate on higher education is the, like the annualized average returns of the stock market. Um, so you can't generally just chuck it into a 1% yielding 30-year bond uh, with no risk and you know get that return. So uh, it's difficult to find a great allocation here. I would say for this, for Diana, and we can't give specific personalized advice, but if I was looking at a plan that somebody brought in and they had spent a lot of time uh, saving for college, not utilizing an asset allocation approach, which is a mix of stocks, bonds, et cetera. And then the kids are in the teens. Now it, it's hard to discern here because there's a big difference between 13 and 16 when you're talking about college time horizon. One one still has half a decade or so to go. Uh, the other is imminent uh, or very close to imminent from an investment perspective. So once in the teens, it's really hard because you can't take a lot of risk here. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the economy going forward. Uh, yes, stocks have gone down this year, but that doesn't mean that they necessarily have to go up over the next five years uh, before uh, this teenager would start college. And so you have to take a, a fairly conservative approach a lot of times when it comes to kids' education uh, and the savings accounts that, that, that you have for those, unless you're starting significantly, significantly early and are willing to bear some of that risk. So a lot of times that means investing in low-risk assets like corporate investment-grade bonds, uh, which right now are yielding like 2.5%. It's not exciting. You know, treasuries are yielding half a percent to a percent. You're not going to get much there. Uh, you could have some stocks in a portfolio like that, but going more than 10 to 20% to 30% maybe for a time horizon that's five years out and you actually need the money when that five years hits, you know, it's pretty tough to take that risk as well. So I would keep it very low risk. And at this point, increase your savings rate or get creative with kids on how they're going to help fund and help partner with funding that college as it comes uh, up on the horizon. What's saying there, fussy britches? Feel like talking?
All right, so I um, would agree with Daniel and everything he said, so I probably shouldn't even say that. I'm just kind of, you can confer, okay? You can, whatever. You can assume that that's One of these the days, we're just going to argue and fight on one of these. I don't ones. think we have di- differing opinions on a lot of things. Well, it's good I? financial sense. Yeah, um, but I do want to clear something up. So, so I want to clear up something that uh, those maybe who are starting to save uh, for kids that you can make sure you understand a couple of things. First of all, you it sounds like you have those accounts in their name. You're probably the custodian. They're sitting in a savings account. Or you just have them in your name earmarked for them in a savings account. So we did a program on saving for college uh, back in the podcast. We'll put it in the show notes. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, but there's a variety of methodologies by which you can save for your children it does not you do not have to be in a college fund in order to invest you can actually have a custodial investment account for your children it is what i do for my children so i'm going to speak to my 13 year old um, that's my teenager again just a lot different if it's 13 16 18 etc so i am investing for my 13 year old he theoretically has 5 years to go until college so if you were thinking about like a time horizon his time horizon's 5 years I actually think it's a little bit different. I actually think his time horizon is a lot longer than that. Why? Because when he goes to school, he could potentially take out uh, a loan and have another three to four, hopefully that's it, uh, years that he would then have for that money to grow and then use that money to pay back the loan. So we have some flexibility there, depending on where the markets are, depending on what happens, et cetera. Um, in addition, he might, uh, be able to gain some scholarships. I'm certainly going to encourage that. I'm going to try to get, you know, school reduced, et cetera. And then that money, which was not in a college account designated for college can be used for anything. It could be used for him to buy his first home. He could, um, ultimately start a business or whatever. So ultimately we have chosen custodial accounts. We are buying a mix of index funds for him. We are also buying some individual stocks in that portfolio for a variety of reasons. One, for education, so he can get a grasp of what he owns, why he owns them, etc. Um, if that's something your teenager is interested in, why not? If it's not, then forget it. You know, Just stick with the index funds. I'm not changing our investment strategy at all for him here. In fact, we're still buying. Um, every time I put money in there, we're still buying the index uh, for him. We're not changing that strategy one bit, and we'll continue to do that. So I want to clear that up a little bit because a lot of people think, well, I can only invest for my kids in a college account, and that's actually not true. You can have a custodial account. You can have an educational savings account, which can be used for a variety of other things. You can also use the 529 plans uh, and invest accordingly. So I think, though, getting back to what Daniel said, at this stage, depending on the age, if he's 13 years old and you've got five years, then maybe consider taking that third, whatever it is at 8000 or something and putting it into a custodial account that you have some investment options. But since that you're just getting started, I'm not so sure I would go out and just, you know, take all 8,000 and invest it in the market here. Um, I'm not so sure that's a prudent situation. You might want to talk to local financial advisor, et cetera, and just get some bearings on what the best strategy is. But you don't have, it's not this either or. It's either going into a college fund to invest or keep it in a savings account. There is a, a, a bunch of other options for you, and I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast on investing um, for the future and your children, et cetera, that will give you some good information. 
All right, that was a great question. Hopefully we answered it in detail enough. I feel like I kind of went around and around. But um, nonetheless, if you're starting to save for your children, um, again, there's a variety of ways to do so, and you want to find the best fit for you and your situation. Daniel, anything else to add on that? Yeah, so if we didn't answer the question exceptionally well or we didn't get into specific advice, don't hesitate to uh, talk to a financial planner that can help you kind of lay out a strategy uh, for saving for education and, and what this looks like specifically for you and your specific financial situation. Uh, so you don't have to have assets to manage necessarily to just sit down with a financial planner and talk. A lot of them uh, will charge a flat fee uh, to do a financial plan or to do an educational savings plan or something like that. You might not even need that. Um, we might have covered some of the basics and you might be able to do some research uh, online in addition to what we talked about. Uh, financial planning fees usually range between depending on the type of financial plan that they're doing, um, $250 to $5,000. And it really depends on the type of financial planning that they're doing, the amount of hours they're putting in, and what your personal situation is. But a lot of times they can give some objective perspective as well. Not promoting that necessarily just as a financial planner, but it is helpful sometimes to get actual personal financial advice, even if you're not uh, getting your assets managed by an asset manager. All right, there you go. Uh, remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your questions aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.